What's up, everybody? This is Keith from the Bronx Lounge. Thanking you for tuning in to today's episode as Cav and I break down all things Yankees baseball and have a great time. Check us out on all social platforms at the Bronx Lounge for daily Yankee content and to join the awesome community we hope to build. We hope you enjoy this episode just as much as we enjoy making it. And without further ado, sit back, relax, and let's talk some Yankees in the Bronx Lounge. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bronx Lounge Podcast. The Cat and Keith are here. A little bit of a recap of the Orioles series. The Yankees lose two out of three. There's things from the series that make me want to talk about the grand scheme of the Yankees and where they're at. The series sucked, all in all, to be honest with you. Aaron Judge did come back, but more of the conversation for me is that he didn't play in Game 3. I have a big opinion on that. We'll get into that a little bit later. Keith, how are you doing on this fine Monday morning? Yeah, as long as it's only, The only thing really saving us is a beautiful Monday morning because... Everything sucks right now in, in baseball world. It's not fun. Um, another series, another bad series. Um, you needed to win it. This was another series that every fan felt like and kind of agreed upon that this was going to be, you know, like a pretty much a season-defining season or a series. And it kind of, it just, it shows once again that this team is just not capable of of meeting expectations in any way with their star back. So it, I. It, at this point, we just you just don't even know. You really don't because now, I mean, the big hope was that you know Judge comes back and maybe this, the momentum can finally just click into their heads and then they all of a sudden figure out how to play baseball again. But that's just not the case. Um, it really wasn't. Game one sucked. Game two, you, th- you thought we would come out running after that one and then just went right back to right back to square one. So uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of bad a bad like feelings really in general um game three was really your like solidifying point of just like now now there's billions of questions you know now the trade market's in in question on what we can even do there so it it just this whole week just completely turned lopsided and it it really became a whole mess so i don't really know how you feel but i personally um i don't feel great at all actually so I, i don't really know if you have any good good like feelings out of this um anything you saw really but I, I don't no I I don't either and to to jump on a thing that you know you brought up I mean in you know the first game of this series you know judge comes back gets on base twice and the rest of the team got on base twice the rest of that game they had four base runners in that whole game and two of them were judged so like again I've been saying this and I, I I don't think I'm alone when I say this because you look at this team when judge wasn't here there's hundreds of holes and problems and flaws with this team. So, like, Aaron Judge coming back doesn't doesn't wipe that slate clean. I mean, he gets on base twice in his first game back, and the offense was... They had nothing for for Baltimore all night long. Once again, Garrett Cole comes out and has a good performance, and it's just wiped away because the offense does absolutely nothing. And, you know, obviously this, this was supposed to be, a you know, a pretty feel-good series. I mean, you know, you split the first two games. Whatever happened in the first game, you know, they come back. They win the second game. Judge is back. He hits the home run. They get some offense. They put up eight runs. Like, you know, you, you, like you said, you feel like maybe 
you know, game two was a chance to maybe turn the corner and say, okay, well, we have our guy back, you know, a big chance to win a series against the Orioles, you know, coming up on Sunday night baseball, you know, an opportunity to maybe see if Severino can right the ship and it just all falls apart. But I do kind of want to start with something that you brought up towards the end of your soliloquy there. And that's the, that's the trade deadline market. Cause we're, you know, we're right up against it now. Um, you know, as we sit here to record this, it's 1149 on the 31st. So, you know, we're really coming up against it here. And everybody was talking about Cody Bellinger. And, you know, now the Cubs are buying. And Randall Grigic was for another guy. No reason. For no I mean, yeah, because they won six games in a row. So, yeah, you know, they I think that understand. that makes no sense to me from a Cubs perspective either. But, I mean, the point yeah. still stands. Like, Bellinger was a guy that was, was like, a good that candidate was... to come over. Yeah, that was, like, the guy that was more affordable and, like, the best guy you could have gotten, and it, they completely just, you know, just threw it right in your face. Yeah, and, I mean, another outfielder that they were interested in is Randall Grigic in Colorado. I think he's got an OPS in the high 800s this year. He's having a really good year, and he's a Yankee killer. And they just long. wait and wait and wait. They've needed an outfielder all year long. From From opening day, they needed an outfielder. They wait too long. And the Angels go up and scoop him. So now he's off the board. I just, like you said, at the, at the top, the market is starting to squeeze a little bit for these outfielders and for the other moves you know that this team can make. And it makes it so much harder to go out and get the pieces that are going to make us and even them feel comfortable looking at this team and feeling like they can do it. Yeah, um, ever since the whole Bellinger thing went down, you know, really at this point our hope is Soto, which you are, we already know that's not gonna like that's just extremely absurd. Um, and I mean, like guys like you know they're interested in in Yamir Candelario or uh, Lane Thomas, like you know, like cool, great change, but it's not gonna save, it's not gonna solve one bit of your problem and you know more reliable outfielders sure but that's it it just yeah you waited too long you didn't pull any trigger um you know now cody bellinger's not they're they're gonna like they're gonna keep him which once again interesting but you know it just doesn't it does, now it's just it, there's so many there's so many questions at this point it's it really it sucks that it got to the, that has like that it's kind of just fallen to this point because at the start of the season, you just felt like just the left fielding, the left field spot was was kind of a was kind of a need, and then you also felt third base. Obviously, you could always upgrade from third base with with what you had, and now and now it's now we need pitching. Now we now catching position is now really weak. Uh, you know, we still desperately need a left fielder and even another outfielder in general because you know we have a depleted outfield, and then there's also conversations about how Labor Torres is on the market and how you know who's like you know how is this or who's going to be knocked out of the rotation especially since cortez is going to come back you know who's going to be a trade suitor for guys like severino or if clark's on the market or if domingo's on the, on the market you know like now we now the entire now we're in complete like i feel like this is just like i feel like this was the series instead of the royal series where you kind of had to determine whether or not there's going to be a, a buy or sell and to be honest with you, I, I just, you know, not trying to sound overreacting at all, but I, I just feel like a selling point, like, I feel like selling would just be so much easier because the guys who have, or, like, it would just make more much much more sense because the guys have, the guys who you can sell just, like, are not making a case for them to to, to really stay here at all, concerning the fact that this team doesn't look like 
they're going to make the playoffs. So I mean, I just don't I, I don't get it. I really don't. The, the questions are through the roof. The, the, I feel like there's just been more and more questions as the season's gone by, and it, it really just it, like kind of just what's going inside the clubhouse. Like it just doesn't like what's what exactly is what exactly do they say behind the scenes that like like do they legit sit there and say you know what I really feel comfortable in the direction this team is going in. And you know, just a couple couple pieces should really you know solve solve our problem. Like, is that really like the, what the message is back there? Because it just it, it legit just it, it does not make sense whatsoever. The team is has is in a complete whirlwind, and they, and they know it, but they're just so analytically driven that they think they're right. It, it sucks. It, it really does. Yeah, and I, I think that organizationally, there's just no urgency. It's just it's just no. overconfidence. You know, we hear Boone and, and even Cashman, you know, could just continue to come out and talk about how, you know, they have the guys in the room, you know, to do, you know, to accomplish what they want to accomplish. And, you know, they just have to get those guys right. Like, but there's no sense of urgency. Like, you look at this game. I I, I know I, I know maybe, maybe I over-dramatized Sunday Night Baseball, but you, you have an opportunity to take two out of three in Baltimore from the best team by record in the American League right now in the Baltimore Orioles on Sunday Night Baseball, and you're going to sit Aaron Judge, and you're going to start Luis Severino, who by the numbers has been the worst pitcher in baseball this year. The worst pitcher in baseball this year. To me, that's just like, there's no urgency to go out and win these games. Like, Brian Hope came out and tweeted before the game started last night that Judge was going to be available to pinch hit if need be. If he's going to be available to pinch hit, why didn't he dish? Like, why, why are you going to take Judge right back out of the lineup in a game that can win you the series against the Orioles, a team ahead of you in the American League, and you're on an uphill battle to get back into the playoff, you know, into the playoff push? How does he sit that game? How, mention, I just, I don't get it. Not to mention the fact that he goes that in his second game back after torn ligaments, literally carries the whole offense, goes three for five, with a home run, gets pulled early in that game, literally in the seventh inning, gets pulled, and yet you continue not to start him. And then he gets to watch the bullshit that happens. It, like, just what? Seriously, what sense does it make? It, it uh, like that. It really and, and and Cash and Boone wonder why we throw shade at them completely. Like, you know, there's there's always there's always two sides of the story. Why you know why guys like Rizzo and Stanton can't hit the ball, and that's not really you know that's not really Boone's fault, but. Then there's the decisions like that where you're just going to completely throw the game away, and it, like, you know, there's there's just no sides to be taken. Like, the, like everything and everything is going wrong. Everything is going wrong, and I I don't understand where the confidence is and why it's even there at all from anyone. And I just I feel like it's just just the fact that they're just so afraid of change that they can't let go of guys who they love, and it's it's that's just the moral of the story, and it sucks. But I mean, at the end of the day, like. This was a really big game last night. I mean, you yeah. put up no fight on Friday night. But with that being said, you still had a chance to win this series. And we would have all been feeling pretty good if they were able to win last night, take the series. A first place team. Exactly. You, you know, it would have been yeah. a totally different narrative if they went out and, and won that game last night. But they didn't even give themselves an opportunity because they continuously bring out Luis Severino. And at the end of the first inning, you're already down 7 nothing. The game is already over. So... Like for for me, I just maybe I'm maybe I'm being a little bit overreactive about this because I understand that Severino is having a bad year, but he is you know a really good pitcher in this league. 
and he, you know, he, he has been really good for, you know, for a good amount of time at this point. But for me, like, this is a big game, and, like, you don't have any, like, urgency to maybe think, like, maybe Severino shouldn't make the start. Severino has not been able to even help the Yankees do anything in his starts. He's he's hurt them more than he's helped them. It feels like all of his starts this year have been, you know, by the end of the third inning, the game's over. It's time to go to the bad guys in the bullpen, try to get some good innings, save the big guys, save the bigger guys in the bullpen, and wait for wait for tomorrow to try to win that game. So like for me it's like you don't even think to maybe go to maybe Johnny Brito or or Vasquez who have been far and away better than Luis Severino in their limited starts this year, like in one of the bigger yeah. games of the year to win a series against a team like the Orioles, it just makes no sense to me. There's no urgency. There's just continue to have this ignorant confidence towards these guys. Like maybe, maybe Severino is not going to find it. And like, you're just going to continue to let him go out there and lose you big games down the stretch when you're, you know, fighting to make the playoffs and you're not going to do anything about it. And it, it, it's just, it's infuriating to me because you let you let your worst starting pitcher go out there when he's shown that he can't do anything against any lineup, and the Orioles are you know a good offensive team. So like he's shown that he he hasn't been able to you know put up not even okay numbers against bad lineups. You send him out there against a good lineup. You don't play Judge. I just don't get it. And it, and it's not like Judge was you know it's not a full rest day. He was available to pinch hit. So why don't you just DH him, give him the three or four at bats? It makes no sense to me. And. I'm just I'm sick of them having no urgency. It feels like they didn't care about winning this game. And by the at the end of the first inning, nobody did because you didn't give yourself an opportunity to even feel like you could win it in the second inning because it was over in the first with seven runs. Yeah, that's a good point about um, you know, Brito and them because it really now like you know, aside from a, you know, a few starts at the start of the year just because your rotation was really like out of the water and depleted. You know, there's been very, we've barely seen any openers this year. And not that you'd really want to go to an opener, but I think at this point you'd much rather go to an opener than at least Severino because, I mean, yeah, seriously, Do like something. you said, like, like anything at this point is better than what we've gotten. Because, I mean, you really, like, dude, he's giving up not, like eight or like seven, eight earned runs a game. It's like, First of all, the offense, it's pretty hard to score seven, eight runs in a game anyway. And especially with this historically bad offense, you're not like you're literally giving us zero chance to compete. And it, that's it's unacceptable. And I and like I'm I'm the first guy to, to throw to, to throw myself in front of Sevy to, to defend him. But like it, it's 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 extremely unacceptable. And I, I feel like at this point, honestly, I feel like at this point, you got to move on from the guy. He's not he's not been healthy for the past five, four, four seasons. Um, and when he is healthy, that he has been in these four years, like it's not been, it's not been a great show out. Um, you know, like, yeah, I, I get, I guess, and I get the fact that you can see, you can see the good side of Sevi, and you know, we do all know who he is as a pitcher and who he can be, but that was 2018. You know, like we're not, we're, we can't be stuck in that time anymore, dude. Like the game has dramatically changed from then, and it's. It's just not the same Sevy anymore, and I mean, I love the guy, but I feel like he got. I feel like there has to be some sort of, some sort of, you know, either send him down or, or find a trade suitor or uh, like figure him out. There's no other way around it. I mean, you like after every single start, you hear the quotes from him. Like he has no confidence in himself right now. He he doesn't know where to turn. He can't figure out what's going on. 
he even said last night he feels like he's the worst pitcher in baseball right now, which by the numbers he pretty much is. And he is. there's he just is. there's no there's just no sense of urgency. Like I hate I hate this team and I hate the player even more. But look at what Toronto did early in the year with Alec Manoa. He was their ace. And he couldn't figure it out. They sent him down. They let him figure it out. They, as a team, got hot before he, you know, was ready to come back up. And now he's come back up, and he's been uh, he's been better. He hasn't been great, but he's been better. Like they showed, like, the front office in Toronto showed their team that listen, Manoa's not doing what we need him to do for us right now, and we're we're urgent enough that we want to win, and we're going to make a change that we think is going to be beneficial to the roster and also probably beneficial to the player because Manoa is probably able to go down there and figure some things out. So, like, for me, it's just, like, Severino is not even your ace. Like, it, it wouldn't ruffle a ton of feathers right now if you did something like that with Severino because he's been awful, awful. He's been terrible this year. He's got right in the sevens for the season. That's not a blip. That's not a few starts. That's his, that's his season number. It's seven four nine. They need to do something about this because they can't just continue to turn the other cheek and just continuously bring him out there every five days with the with the expectation that he's going to figure it out on the fly because they continuously are wrong. Like every single time Severino goes out there and pitches, it can't the game can't be over in the first inning. It just can't. You can't do this when you're when you're when you don't have cushion like like the Yankees don't. They're fighting for their playoff lives right now. They're str- they're trying to figure out what they're going to do at the deadline to make themselves better. And you continuously bring a guy out every five days that you know is not even going to give you a chance to get out of the first inning. Yeah, and it, it's like it. I mean, I I understand the frustration because it's like it, this is literally now, literally the other podcast. I was like, you know, are you getting sick of the fact that we have to? Half the one, if we wanted to painfully sit there and just wait out the rest of the game while we're down nine two, like dude, the amount of blowouts that have ha- that has happened not not only this year but this past like month and a half in general, and him being the culprit of majority of them, you know, I, like there's a bit of a question, like would you, like do you, I, do, you, do we try and find trade suitors for the guy? He's not doesn't got. I feel like now he definitely doesn't have really much value, but I mean like. I just I think Sevy's time here is done. I, I really think in general I think I just I don't know because I mean the injury whether if it's the injuries that have pay, played a part in it then I mean, I mean why are you gonna I hold mean, on? Yeah, like you're not even gonna get ten cents on the dollar for him. You're gonna get two cents on the dollar. You know if you get that because he's been so bad. But I mean we both talked about this and I, I, and I don't think that he is a long term suitor for the Yankees. So he's not helping you right now and he's not gonna be helping you next not year anymore. because you're not gonna you know want to resign him so what is the point of keeping him around like he's clogging he's clogging up the rotational piece you know if you get rid of him you know maybe there's a chance that you know Brito or Vasquez can can get a couple of starts you know another one of these guys is going to go down like you you know Nestor when Nestor comes back it's not they're not going to have to figure out who they're going to take out of the rotation because you know another one of these guys is going to go down maybe that's just really negative by me but I just there's it's always something and to me, it's just so frustrating as a fan because we we're the ones that have to sit here and watch this every five days. Like they, like, and we've and Severino is not the only example of this with the organization. That's why you know the notes you know that that we drew up for 
for this podcast, I named as the Yankees are a bad organization because they do this. This is how they operate. They don't take it. They, there's no accountability for the mistakes that they make. Look at Josh Donaldson. Look at all the the starts and plate appearances that Josh Donaldson had as a New York Yankee before he got hurt. When he did absolutely nothing for them offensively the whole time he was here. The whole time. They had better options at third base. Every single day they put Josh Donaldson out there. And they continue to put him out there because there's no accountability. And they just put their head down, turn the other cheek, and just have this ignorant confidence that things are going to turn around by themselves. And that's just not how it works. Yeah, the Yankees, I feel like, are just too afraid to let go of those homegrown guys because they're just so afraid of the fact that, you know, if, if they trade him away and he starts doing good, they're going to look bad. Which, either way, I feel like if you, you're going to hold on to him and he's going to deplete your entire organization, then that's just going to make yourself even look even worse. I'd rather Severino go somewhere else that, as long as it's not the AL East, I'd rather have Severino go somewhere else and fucking shine because it really it sucks seeing him like this and it sucks the fact that he's, that he's being the littlest of help in any way possible. Um, but I don't know. It really sucks. I, I really, I feel like there's just not, I feel like there's not a whole lot of like solving with the guy. And I, I personally, I think it's time for maybe a, a bit of a parting ways with Severino because it's just, it hasn't worked out. He's, he's not even, he's not been durable, durable enough to keep himself into a conversation of, well, you know, we know how he is years past because years past has been a four, four years ago was four or five years ago was an actual, an actual season of Severino. So I don't know. It sucks. But the good thing is, is Nestor Cortez is coming back very soon because he, um, had had another good rehab start. Um, this was his second one. He threw just under 50 pitches. Um, and I think it was like, what, two and a thirds he threw and no one runs. So I, you know, good, uh, uh, Good, um, another good rehab start for for Nestor, and I think obviously he's going to be uh, replacing someone. And do you think that someone's going to be Sevy? It, it it can't be anybody but Severino. If it's anybody but Severino, I'm not watching another game the rest of the year. No, I can't watch Severino pitch anymore. Clark Schmidt is not going to give you a ton of length, and you know that. But he's pretty much five innings, two or three runs every time. He's a solid starter now. Like there is not another option. Like there just isn't. Everybody else has done their job except for Rodon, but Rodon's still working back, and you're not gonna you're not gonna take him out of the rotation. So like for me, there is no other option. Maybe two weeks ago or a couple of podcasts ago, we could have had a conversation. There's no conversation now. Like to be honest with you, like I, I like Serino too. I'm done watching him pitch. He doesn't give the Yankees a chance to win when he goes out there, and it sucks because like I feel bad for the guy. I'm not trying to like you know completely you know throw all the blame on him because it's not all his fault, and you know he's taking accountability, and you could tell that like mentally he's going through it because he doesn't want to be pitching like this. But the fact of the matter is that he is, and I can't continue to go out there and watch him not even give the Yankees a chance after pitching the first inning. Gives up seven runs in the first inning. The game's over. The game is over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the only other, uh, really, I feel like the only other, like, competition he would have is maybe Domingo because Domingo hasn't, I mean, aside from a perfect game, Domingo hasn't all looked all that special. But, yeah, I don't really, uh, I don't know what they could do there. But I think when Cortez comes, I think you have to, you know, like you said, I think you have to, I think you have to just let go. I think you have to figure something out with Sevy. Um, Lasagna has started. Uh, Jonathan Loisaga has started his rehab. Um, Bunce is expected to have around four outings um, before he's going to be activated. So that's, uh, that's that's huge. You know, another guy that is trustworthy in the bullpen in years past. And, um, you know, 
with a shaky bullpen with how they've been in that in that kind of month span, you know, kind of get all forces in there and throwing the throwing Jonathan Loisaga. He looked good against his uh, in his in his um, BP against Judge. So hopefully that's just uh, more signs to come um, for that. Because I I mean you know there's there's been conversation about whether or not they're gonna you know kind of pick and pick apart the bullpen a little bit and and you know try and see if they got guys that. Um, that can get some good trade suitors out there. But, yeah, I think Jonathan Lewisica coming back is, is pretty huge. Yeah, I mean, it is. It, to be, I, I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, I feel like anything. Move, I feel like, it, yeah, it doesn't move. I'm just, I like, I, I fucking like Jonathan Lewisica. That's my guy. Yeah, I mean, I do too. I'm just, I, to be honest with you, like, this, this is even more ammunition for me to just want them to sell. Like, the rest of the year, like, yeah. I almost just want Volpe, Peraza, Oswaldo Cabrera, and... Esteban Florial to play every single day. Just ah, see what dude. you have from those guys. Seriously. Like, sell a couple of pieces, see what you have from those guys, and retool. Because you're still going to have Garrett Cole next year. You're still going to have Judge. You're still going to have Rizzo. You're still going to have Stanton. Your core, you're still going to have. I don't think they should buy. Like, Judge no. played it. Judge played in this series. Didn't play the third game, but he played in this series. And they, they, didn't, they didn't look great. Like, they had the one game where they put up some runs. And after that... It was a bad series for them. The other two games, they did nothing offensively. Severino couldn't get out of the first inning without giving up 30 million runs. Like, this team has so many flaws. They 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 should sell some pieces, like, to me. Because I just... what What is the point of continuing to trot some of these guys out there? Like, everybody's, you know, been talking about Glaber Torres and how he's been the best, most consistent hitter on this team. He hasn't been great. You look at his numbers, they're pretty much like, he's been good. They're like a little bit above average for, you know, the league. Like, like we can't give Glaber, you know, flowers because he's been, you know, average to a little bit above average just because the rest of the team's been horrible. Like, we can't, like, we, we can't keep doing this. We can't keep giving them, like, passes on, on, on what the team looks like right now. We just can't keep doing it. Offensively, you're getting nothing from the catcher position. Trevino's down. Like, Rizzo still hasn't fully figured it out. Like, th- there are so many problems. Like, Judge coming back just doesn't fix all of that. You know, if you go out and you make a trade for Lane Thomas in the outfield, is that going to change the fact that Stanton doesn't do anything but hit home runs? Is that going to change the fact that Rizzo has not been Anthony Rizzo? Is that going to change the fact that Volpe hasn't been good offensively all year long? Like, it doesn't change those things. So, for me, like... This is just even more ammunition for them to not fully sell and not burn everything down, but to get rid of some pieces and retool. I don't think they should go out and buy at all. Like, especially after this series, I think it would be a terrible idea to buy at all because I don't think two or three mediocre pieces that you're going to trade for are going to make the difference. If you go out and you tell me that you're going to trade for Nolan Arenado, that's different. But if you're going to go out and get a guy like Lane Thomas or Gene or Candelario, who are good players, but they're not going to move the needle for me because that doesn't that fixes one or two of the flaws when you have 30 of them. It just doesn't do enough for me. Yeah, it's funny because did you see how many times that there's been a ground ball to the left side and the Yankees got thrown out at third base? Like, I mean, it's not, yeah, stuff like that you're not going to fix. Um if you buy, if you're buying, dude, you get me show, you get me Shohei Otani, and that's all I want. If you're buying, that's all. That's that's the only buying piece I would take. But I, I feel like, yeah, you gotta sell. There's just there's, this team is not rounded out enough at all. Um, you know, a good point you made up. I'd rather just see. I'd rather just see the guys get called up, and and if they suck for the year, at least we know that they're just they're just trying their friggin' best because you know, 
they're not they're not as experienced and you know it's at least like we get some young young good years of production to come out of it so yeah i don't i really just this team's full of you know a couple good rounded out stars and then you got your just your fillers of washed up players that aren't that aren't proven proven good players like they're guys that just fill your lineup out and that's exactly what they were content for because they had they had they have a reigning mvp so that's i i don't i don't understand what their what their plan was and you we should have expected it because seriously that was literally what they were saying they felt their they felt last year's team was good enough to win a world series they didn't they got they got batted around by houston they didn't address the problem which which was the reason why they lost to Houston, and they expected they expected different results. So I, at this point, if they're not going to care, I'm not going to care, and that's just kind of where I, I feel like I'm at right now. Um, you know, you just lost a, you just lost a, a series to a team full of young players who have been you know developing their guys for how for for no for God knows how long. You know, granted they've had 15 top 10 picks in the past 15 years, but you know, like you know, that's that that these are examples you should be taking. Like these are guys that you know. You know, look at Rushman, look at Henderson, dude. Like Cedric Mullins, like those are guys that they've they've grown and that they, you know, now the Orioles are the most buzzing team in baseball right now. Like, you know, like this is what we were in seventeen, two thousand seventeen, and we took fifteen steps back from from that, and it just it legit does not make and, sense. And what and did they do to get there? There's they, they, they sold yeah. the pieces. They sold they pieces did. and opened up spots for Judge and Gary to come up. They, yeah. they sold a couple of pieces. They retooled. And gave the young guys an opportunity to see what they had. We need to see what these guys have. Like Peraza has not been given a good enough opportunity to showcase, you know, everything that he can be as a player to see if he's actually going to be, you know, a big part of this future or if he's not. Esteban Florio has not been given a chance. Like he just hasn't been. He's been, he's been, you know, he's been given at, at bats here and there, but it hasn't been consistent enough that you know you're going to, you know feel like you have the full scatter report on what he is as a player. Oswaldo Cabrera has been has gotten inconsistent time this year and has been bad this year, but do you have something with him? You have to find that out. Like these are things you have to know. Like you can't just do it with Volpe now. Like it just it can't just be Volpe because Volpe's not the only one that you need to know what you have out of him. And it's it's just and the other thing is there's there's two really there's really two blueprints for how you can go about you know building a good organization roster wise up and down and it's the Orioles way and the Dodgers way because you know what Houston did before they started you know becoming a dynasty is they ripped it all down they were horrendous for 5 years absolutely horrendous they they stacked first round picks they stacked farm system and they all came up together and they started dynasty. You kind of see that with Baltimore now. You see the beginnings of that. You, you just talked about these young guys coming up. You see that really good young core that Baltimore has now. That's exactly that. And I just don't think that the Yankees are ever going to be a team that does that. I don't think the Yankees are ever going to sh- fully strip it down and you know put a horrible product out on the field for three to five years. But you can also go the Dodgers way. And what the Dodgers do is they go out and they pay for stars. But they care about their farm system to the fact where they draft well, they make deals, and trade away guys that 
you know, are not going to be long-term helpers for them, even if they're good players helping them now, and they have a balance, and they go out and they spend all the money that they have to get to bring in those stars, and then they have a good balance between a good farm system with good young players that can help them now, and they also have stars. With the Yankees, you have that. You have that money. You don't have to, you know, you, you don't have to rip it all down. You can build, you know, your farm system by trading some assets and also go out and get stars that you don't have to grow with all the money that you have. They're just not doing it the right way. And there's so many parts of it that are a problem, and it's way too much to get into right now, but, like, they're just at a standstill right now. They just continue to put out the same product and expect, like, a different result, and that's just not how... That's just not how life is. Like, you need to go out and make the necessary changes to improve yourself as an organization. And they're just not doing that. They continue to keep Aaron Boone around. They continue to keep Brian Cashman around. Do you think something's really, really, truly big going to change if Brian Cashman's still here? Because Brian Cashman has shown his true colors now at this point. We know what he is as a general manager. We know his, his strategy. We know what he likes to do. We know his patience. What is going to change Unless there's changes organizationally, because the way that they go about doing things right now is not the right way, and they're they're going to be good every year. They're going to have an you know they're going to be in the playoffs every year, but is it going to be enough? And that's what we've been struggling with as fans the last couple of years because it doesn't feel like we're on the same level as those teams. We're not on the same level as the Dodgers as an organization. We're not on the same level as Houston as an organization, and we all hate Houston, but they have a really good organization that the Houston Astros do things the right way. Like, as an organization, even Baltimore now, you're seeing that, you know, they tore everything down, and you see the fruits of that now. I just I just feel like it's just so stagnant with the New York Yankees organizationally, and they don't do anything to make the necessary changes to improve themselves from the bottom to the top, no matter what it is. Yeah, um, and it's actually kind of crazy to me, the fact that... <sighs> Trying to think of how to word this. They don't give so obviously they don't give guys chances, which they should. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm you know the guy's out for the year, and he's been for a couple weeks now. But um, you know, I'm gonna I'm, we're gonna bring it back up, Josh Donaldson. The fact that this is pretty much the prime set example of the fact that the Yankees are completely brainwashed and don't really know what they're doing. Um, so like it's guys like you know Florial and Peraza. You know, they've came up. Florial didn't really look great when he with his time up here didn't really have a whole lot of time, you know, but, you know, we all knew he wasn't, like, you know, just not his time yet, you know, but Peraza last year came up, literally your starting starting shortstop in the American League Championship Series, um, you know, towards the tail end of the year, you know, looked, looked pretty good, you know, pretty big spark. Ham and Florial combined have 162 plate appearances in the major leagues, all right? Now, you compare that to what they, what Josh Donaldson has been given out. So Donaldson has been given, uh, hysterically, 666 um, plate appearances as Yankee. So it's like, it really, you know, in a 500, in almost a 500 plate appearance difference, what have you seen from Josh Donaldson that you have not seen yet from rookies, from, from rookie players who have not got like get, been given any sort of the same opportunity like that's just that's that right there is the definition of how the Yankees success like that's the reason why the Yankees don't have any success whatsoever is because of the fact that the, the, the chances the, the chances that they give to certain players just makes 
absolutely no sense to me. And that, it, it really, that's, that's just huge. That's like the huge, like overall, the New York Yankees right there. That's what they do. And it, and if anyone wants to figure out why they're not winning, it, it's, it's pretty much for reasons like that. The fact that they don't, they, they refuse change and it just, it sucks. It really does. Let's run through these games real quick. One nothing loss after the rain delay on Friday night. Another great performance by Garrett Cole. Throws 110 pitches, scoreless. The bullpen yeah. until Canely was great, and even the pitch that Canely threw to Santander, I didn't think was a terrible pitch. Santander to me is turning into a Yankee killer. The guy, yeah, he does. He's his numbers so are good. Like he's a good player, but he seems like he's an MVP when he plays us. Like yeah. it just, he's 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 so good. But again, it's not it's not on Canely. It's it's on the offense. The offense does nothing in this game. <laughs> yeah. You know, you'd think maybe they'd be rejuvenated that Aaron Judge just came back, and you know, you'd think maybe they'd put up an offensive performance, but no, they put up absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. They let Grayson Rodriguez completely shut them down. The bullpen for Baltimore in this game went one, two and two-thirds innings and gave up one hit. That's one base, One base runner in two and two-thirds innings. They completely get shut down. And honestly, I know I'm a Cole stand, but I'm, I, another thing I'm sick of is I'm sick of them blowing Garrett Cole outings. They're wasting it. I mean, Garrett Cole is... Is, is having a great year. In ERA, I, I believe, 264 for him right now. Like, Garrett Cole's having a really good year. I think he's probably number one in the Cy Young voting in the American League right now. And it seems like every single start he makes, they still lose because they don't give him anything offensively. Anything. Yeah, um, it is really annoying. And it's, it's, and I'm, you know, the only thing I'm really glad is the fact that, you know, aside from this garbage team. I'm glad Garrett Cole's having a Cy Young season. Uh, this is easily his best season yet as a Yankee. Um, but yeah, you, you, you completely blow it. Seven innings he pitches and an absolute gem. And you only collect up you only collect up four hits in that night. One of them, one of your hits was from Jake Bowers on a, on a pinch hit. And it's like so the other the other three, two of them coming from DJ, and you know Anthony Rizzo got a bloop. So. I don't know. It's just to see. It's it's a common. It's it's literally the it's the same exact theme every single game. Stanton sucks. He can't do anything right now. Uh, I feel like a big conversation is Bader. Um, not really been. You know, came back from the IL was a bit was our spark, but not really been anything else since. Can't hit right-handers whatsoever. Um, you know, the defense is good, but uh, you know, really, if it wasn't for the speed, I feel like Bader would also kind of just be you know there. Like and just one of, another one of those guys, and you, I, it's funny because me and you personally talked about it at like at work, how you were saying like you know people are gonna start to realize who Harrison Bader really is. Like he's a bottom of the lineup guy. He's like a two, he's a two forty hitter at best, really. And you know, if it weren't for these stretches, you know, it would be a completely different story for Harrison Bader. Yeah, I mean Harrison Bader as a career major leaguer is like you said, he's a bottom of the lineup guy. He doesn't get on base. He's a free swinger. His at bats aren't great. And what we saw from him at the beginning of his tenure here was fool's gold. And, and I think some people forgot that. I don't think everybody did, but I think some people forgot that because this guy is a defensive mainstay in center field. He's going to play 
one of the best defensive center fields in baseball, but offensively, he's not going to give you a lot. He's, he's got some pop, and he's going to run into some home runs, but his at-bats are not good. He's not a top-of-the-order guy. His OBP is terrible, and he's just inconsistent offensively, and it's coming at a bad time because everybody else has been so bad this year, but this is kind of what you should have expected as a Yankee fan because this is this is Harrison Bader as a major league player. There's been, There's nothing that... There's nothing in his career before he came to New York that told you otherwise. The guy's got some pop, but offensively, he's not going to give you consistent, you know, offensive outings. It's just, that's just, that's just who he is. Yeah, like I said, if, honestly, if it wasn't for the speed and the fact that he's got really good defense, like he's got good defense, obviously. But if it wasn't for that, you know, there, there would have, there should have been zero reason. They traded for him. Uh, Monty actually just got traded to Texas. I don't know if you probably saw that, but Texas is going all in. So that's Houston and Texas, man. What if whether or not we make the wild card or not, they're gonna be they're gonna be our guys pretty much going against. And I really would not want to face any of them, both of them in a in a one game set. So that's that's really great. But uh, yeah, you get you get absolutely cooked in game one. Um, just feel like there's not really much to talk about there. Um, Let's get to game two. I guess that was. I guess that's at least a good one, with just Aaron Judge um, doing his thing. IKF had a big moment in him, uh, and a lot of fans really went on IKF. Uh, went on the IKF train, really. You know, a lot of respect towards the guy. Um, you know, last year kind of took every single every single ounce of the blame was thrown on him. I felt like a good amount of the last year, and he took it. And then this year, he's he's a, he accepted. He accepted the bench role and and has done great. And I, I'm really, I don't know, I'm really, I'm really huge into that. Also, Ian Hamilton um, had another great outing. I feel like that's a, you know, I feel like that's a pretty big thing. It's the fact that Ian Hamilton's giving us some good outings lately. And I, I, I don't know. I, I always like to see the guys just give us some trust in the bullpen because it really, it can turn ugly with some guys, and I don't know. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad we're seeing some good stuff out of Ian Hamilton. But yeah, I don't know if you saw any great things out of Game Two. Um, but I don't know. I feel like in general, the series there's not really much great. Yeah, I mean, one thing that. that you can't take away from Cashman is he finds hidden gems in the bullpen, and and, and he's done it countless times. Yeah. Every single, pretty much every single guy he brings over that you know was kind of a no name on a you know on another team, you know, ends up doing you know better and really turning the corner here. So. He's definitely got a knack for finding the bullpen hidden gems, and Ian Hamilton's been one of them all year long. He's been great. He just he just has. I mean, the only time he really wasn't great was the opener in St. Louis, his his first game back off of the injured list, and that, that's that's been it. I mean, his numbers are just terrific. And you know, Ian Hamilton. I didn't. I had never heard of Ian Hamilton before he came over here until you know the first game he pitched in spring training this year. Like I had never heard of him. So, like, obviously that's good to see. And the Judge home run is, is obviously fun because, you know, Judge comes back, you know, and right away he's back to hitting home runs and, you know, offensively, you know, sparked them. You know, you talked about IKF. You also had the Higgy homer and the Stan homer. So, you know, there were other guys that did give them offensive performances in this game that was definitely good to see. And once again, you have Clark Schmidt have a, have a solid outing. He goes five innings, three earned. Like, you know, and a guy at the end of your rotation that's going to give five innings, three earned is, is, is a valuable piece. He's going to give you an opportunity to be in the game when he leaves it. And he's been doing that pretty consistently now for the last couple of months. So, you know, again, we, we talked about it at nauseum, so we don't have to really get back into it. But to, to me, Clark has 
really solidified himself as the last guy in that rotation. Obviously, he's not going to be an ace. He's not going to give you great performances, but he's going to be solid enough that he's going to give you an opportunity. And, you know, that's a lot more than you could say for, you know, Severino and, and, and a couple of other guys. So another good, you know, start for Clark. And, uh, you know, at least they were able to get this game because, you know, they didn't even have a chance last night after the first night. Yeah, how different I mean, would the conversation be if we got swept? How different would it uh, be? Oh, my God. Then we would have immediate, like, reaction of seasons over. And Clark's 27. Um, you know, I feel like he just has to just, you know, really, really get himself dialed in, and then he'll figure shit out. And, you know, I, I feel like at that point, you know, him as the fifth starter, because it's not like he's, like, he was, it's not like he's, like, a top prospect that we expect to be our one, two, three. So, I mean, um you know, I'm really content with I'm I'm content with Clark uh, at the five right now, but the odd man's out when it comes to any sort of uh, starting rotation tweaks and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, I feel like Clark's kind of that's another one of those starts that Clark's kind of kept himself uh, in that role, um, and really one of those one of those runs kind of came towards the end and he got in and out of that trouble. So I don't know. Yeah, I've 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 I picked up some back and forth woes with Clark. Um, game three, um, sucks. We talked about Severino. Um, eighteen strikeouts. They had eighteen strikeouts, which is like by far a major league worst. Um, that's the that's the most they've struck out in MLB history. Um. Yeah, I, I yeah, there's 27 outs in a game, dude, and 18 of them were strikeouts. Like, you know, you 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 fired your hitting coach midseason, and that was supposed to be your that was supposed to say that was supposed to solve it. At that point, you know, I feel like that's just a scapegoat because that's just like I, I feel like at that point you expect better results and not not historic setting strikeout count like that like they that just nothing makes sense to me anymore uh, this offense like there's blame to put on guys and there's blame to put on everyone but you know like uh, Rizzo all of a sudden he struck out five of the we all know Stanton can strike out five times in a game if he wanted to um you know Volpe obviously you know his swings don't look great right now Greg Allen's not gonna save you I, I mean like it's just what, like, what's even the point? Like, I feel like it's just this is what we expect. I should expect every game. Like, I don't even expect them to. to this is this should be the game where they come out firing. Like, no. Like, I, I feel like it's just going to be the exact same thing every game where they're not going to figure it out. And you know, if they do figure it out, you better hope it's towards the end of the year when they get momentum towards the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, like that's that's the only. Like, I, I don't know. I, I really don't. I feel like this year I'm just I'm just conflicted. I don't even know what to root for. To me, it just all goes back to the fact that you, what's the kind of message that you send your team when you tell them that Aaron Judge is available, but he's not going to start? It's it's just, it's not an important game for them offensively. They they don't, they, you know, the the staff doesn't care enough. So so why why are the players gonna? You know, to me, this just all goes back to the fact that Aaron Judge didn't start this game. Yeah. Why? It makes no sense. If you're going to tell me that, you know. He's he's banged up and he was in a lot of pain after playing you know back to back games and he's he's off limits he's not going to play at all I can kind of live with that but if you're going to tell me that he's not in the lineup and you're not going to DH him but if it's a close game late 
we'll pinch hit him. Like, then why isn't he in there to begin with? That means you, you're you willing to lose this game early. You're willing to. If it get, if it's close at the end, then yeah, I'll throw all my chips you know, in the middle of the table. But I'm not willing to do that to start the game because there's a chance that we're not going to you know, be in that position later. To me, it's just it's just fully giving up. I just feel like that's I, – I feel like – I don't even know. I, I just feel like that's like they're just – their plan. They don't even like – I don't even know, man. I really don't. I just I there's so much about this team that just doesn't make any sense to me and you know I, I feel like you just have to sell I, that's the only way you really you really uh, solve any problem and I, I don't mean trade deadline sell I mean I mean your owner you sell the team and like it's I, I'm not even trying to be sounding like that but I mean something has to change because there it's it's the same operations being ran it's the same analytics department that's that's giving these guys the you know you know uh, the stats they need to to figure out who they go after you know we sign and trade for these injury prone players every single year there's the we haven't we haven't even touched a a world series since 09 so that means that the roster construction has been just flat out awful you you know i just i don't even know Uh, what's who do you you know what's what do you expect anymore seriously like i feel like after this year it's like you know after this year, it's going to be like, what? what's going to be, you know, what's going to be the move of the offseason? Like, this year, you had to re-sign Judge, but, you know, next year, it's like, you know, are you just going to, are we just going to add on guys that we hope is going to fill out this team? And, because, you know, you're not going to get rid of Stanton, you're not going to get rid of DJ, and, you know, you're probably, you're not, you're probably not going to be able to get anything, or you're probably not going to be able to get rid of Rizzo, so it's like, you know, your four guys right there, pretty much, they're, they're locked in. It's like, you know, what are you going to do around that? And I just, I feel like that's, I feel like that at this point, that's the only question I have is, you know, what, what are we even going to do just to fill out next year? Because uh, we're not winning a World Series this year. No way. I mean, the way this team is playing right now, that they, they don't even, like, they're not a playoff team. No, they're not. I know. Jake dude, they're Bowers la- leading dude, off. Like, do, you know how many category, do you know how many categories that they're in the exact same category as Detroit and Kansas City and and Oakland, like, dude, they're bad. I don't even know. What, like, that's just that's the that's the only thing you can say is the fact that they're just not good. They're not a good team. I mean, Severino goes three and a third and gives up nine earned. Like, and and you continue to just bring them out there, and, and Judge doesn't play in this game, and you have Greg Allen starting in left field, and Jake Bowers is your leadoff hitter. Like, yeah. no hate to Jake Bowers, he's been fine, but you're, as your leadoff hitter, like that, these aren't you know. These these aren't this. And I'm sorry, this isn't and I'm, a formula to win. I'm sorry, and the guy's been here for so long, and I, 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 I'm I'm so done with Kyle Higashioka. I'm so done with him. I I I am. He's not he's not a guy to throw a blame on, but the fact that he's been on this team for like six years now and is not good and like visibly not good. Like, both defensively and offensively, like, he's better defensively than he is offensively, but he's not that great of a defensive catcher. Like, let's, let's, like, seriously, let's, let's get real with ourselves here and realize that people like him filling out this team is just not good. It's, 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 it's just, you don't even, you shouldn't even expect to win. You shouldn't expect to compete. It just doesn't, it doesn't add up. Uh, so yeah, we're still, we're still sitting in last place. Um, I, Kind of expected at this point. I mean, really, I, a genuine question: Do you really do you think this team's going to make the playoffs? Like, uh, I mean, 
we're currently so we're so we're nine back of first. Obviously, we're not going to get first. Uh, eight and a half uh, or seven and a half. I'm sorry, of second. It's good thing Tampa Bay is going on a skid. Seriously, um, one back of fourth and uh, two and a half back, three and a half back, I should say, of third. So. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like, you know, the teams in front of us aren't slowing down. I feel like, you know, unless they go on a fat losing streak like we did, I feel, you know, I don't really think they're going to slow down. I think they obviously out in D.C., Baltimore, and, and Toronto's kind of going up too. You know, what do you see, what do you see them slowing down? I mean, it, it, it's it's not it's not a cakewalk. I mean, I mean, obviously, if you look at the wild card right now, Tampa, Toronto, and Houston – Boston's two and a half out of that third wild card spot. We're three and a half out of the third wild card spot. And then if you look at the you know the first two teams right behind us, it's the Angels and the Mariners. And the Angels just bought. They said they're going to go out and continue buying. They're going to go for it. Trout's going to you know be coming back soon. You don't think that they're going to be you know a, a part of this story the rest of the year? Seattle's been bad considering you know their expectations going into the year and they're starting to play better they're now three games over 500 you know you don't you don't think seattle could go on a run like this isn't this isn't they don't they don't they don't even just have to worry about the teams that are ahead of them there's teams behind them right now that are significantly in my eyes better teams so like i i think there is a there's a real real option and concern here that they might not even make the playoffs because I could easily see the Angels getting hot. I could easily see Seattle getting hot. Boston's been playing really good baseball. Like, we all hate Boston, but they've been playing some really good baseball. Houston is finally getting healthy. You know they're not going to they're not gonna stop. Toronto's really hot. And even if Tampa continues to skid, I think they're going to figure it out enough that they're not going to completely fall off the wayside. So, for me, I think there is genuine concern. Yep. Everyone has concern, and is, does the deadline even save you? Probably not. Um I'm honestly personally glad that they didn't get Randall Gritchick. I don't know if I don't know if you were kind of pulling for a Randall Gritchick trade, but I don't know. You kind of that was just going to add another right-handed batter that you know doesn't save and doesn't solve any problems. Obviously, I don't know. I was kind of glad that they didn't. Yeah, he's not super him. appealing to me either. I don't know if you're. No, yeah, I feel like it was kind of just. I was really all in for Bellinger, and since Bellinger's not there anymore, um, you know, there's. Not really much at. I don't really think there's going to be much else that really happens. So I think your only option is just to sell. And I don't really think that that's going to really change, in my opinion, from from now till whenever the deadline is. Which actually, when is the deadline? Do you know like the actual date for that? I, I know it's literally like this week or next week. I think week. it's tomorrow. I think it might be this week. Is it tomorrow? Six p.m. on August first on Tuesday. So six p.m. tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. 6 wow. Tomorrow is the deadline. 6 p.m. tomorrow. Holy shit, we should have done a deadline episode. All right, man. Well, 6 p.m. tomorrow, man. That's that's crazy. That's crazy. So, uh, you know what? Uh, what do the Yankees do? Do they do they buy? Do they sell? Do they figure it out? Do they win? Who knows? We're on social media everywhere at the Bronx Lounge. Uh, we have Tampa Bay. <laughs> we have Tampa Bay coming up. Um, and then Houston this week. I think Domingo Herman is starting tonight. Um, so I guess Tyler Glass, great movie, great movie. Uh, I would recommend anyone to see it if they want to sit through a three-hour movie. I suggest you see it. But Cavi, I don't know if you have anything else to say, man. Nothing. This team, uh, this team is bad, and the organization is bad. Organization's bad. Team's bad. Yeah. 
Check us out on all things, uh, all social media platforms at the Bronx Lounge. We'll be back with you guys. I think that should be a Thursday morning cast. So, uh, yes, Kevin Keith will be back with you guys Thursday morning. Let's, let's go Yanks. Yanks.